Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about giving reveals my spiritual maturity. Yes, giving reveals my spiritual maturity. This is a teaching podcast, so please go and grab your Bibles and something to write with. As always, I have some important things to share with you in God's Word. So we want to start here in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse number 2. I really like this passage of Scripture, but I'm going to read it out of the Living Bible. And it says... On the first day of each week, set aside some of what you have earned and give it as an offering. The amount depends on how much the Lord has helped you earn. That's very clear. But I want to read it to you again. On the first day of each week, and that would be Sunday, set aside some of what you have earned and give it as an offering not a tithe, but as an offering. The amount depends on how much the Lord has helped you earn. I think this is really good because the apostle here is really helping the church be blessed. And I'm not going to get into tithing. Hopefully you know what that is. Maybe we'll do a show about that at some other time. But when it comes to giving God an offering, it's all about how much the Lord has helped you earn how much he has blessed you. And if you've been blessed financially by God, not only should you tithe, we know that, but you should give a hearty offering. And that should come now based upon how much you've earned. And more importantly, what you want to give from your heart, because this is where everything starts. It's a heart matter. Anytime we don't want to give, it's a matter of the heart. Anytime we do want to give, it's a matter of the heart. Now, notice here what 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7 says. I want to give you this. It says, just as you excel in everything else, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. I like that. I'm going to say that to you one more time. Just as you excel in everything else, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. So watch this. It's not just giving. It's the grace of giving. So God now has to give us the grace to give, a divine enablement, a divine power to give. Many times you see people just giving and giving and giving, and you look at them and say, man, it must be something wrong with this. Something wrong with them. Every time I turn around, they're always giving. What they have that you don't have or haven't figured out yet, they have the grace of giving. But I want you to know today, you can have the grace of giving. It's not just for one person. It's for every child of God. It's for every believer. And this is why I titled this show, Giving Reveals 
my spiritual maturity. You have people who say that they're spiritually mature, but they have a problem giving. And so that's an area in their life they've got to become good at. Just like I said, just as you have excelled in everything else, you've excelled in faith and knowledge and speech and complete earnestness. It's time to excel in giving, go beyond. And here's why. Because if we're going to finance the kingdom of God, this last move of God, as I'm calling it, to bring in a harvest of souls, it's just not going to take prayer. We prayed out. It's going to take some money. And God wants to raise you up to be a financial giver. So at any point, he needs you to go in your pocket to write a dollar amount to a church, a ministry, to help bring people into a saving knowledge of God. You will be able to do it. This thing has great benefits. And this is why we need to understand and excel, as the scripture says, in this grace of giving. So here's what I want to do today. I want to give you some benefits in giving. I want to show you why giving reveals your spiritual maturity. And I want to give you about seven reasons why. And hopefully throughout this talk with you today, you'll be convinced to take your relationship with God to the next level in your giving. Point number one, giving makes me more like God. I hear people talking all the time that they want to be more like God. They want to be more like Jesus, this, that, and the third. And maybe they're telling the truth. I'm not here to judge. But I want you to know if you're going to be more like God, you have to be a giver. There's no other way around this. See, we like to receive, but there is no receiving without giving because the kingdom of God works from giving to receiving, not receiving to giving. You don't even have an inheritance until you've given. And so this is why we have got to become not good at this. We must become great at this and excel at it and find out what is hindering us from going to the next level. So if you've ever said, I want to be more like God, you know, and then we start talking about prayer. We start talking about fasting and this, that, and the third. And I get that. Prayer is important. Fasting is important. Forgiving is important. But I don't want you to forget about giving because God was the ultimate giver. Now, I want you to write this down. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. I'm going to say that to you again. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. See, love is the substratum. It pushes our giving. In John 3.16, everybody in the world know this scripture. Sinners know this scripture. The devil himself knows this scripture. I've even watched sporting games and I've seen at football games, people having banners with John 3.16. I don't know if they're just trying to witness. I don't know if it has anything to do with sports, but I do know it has everything to do with God. And you know it. God so loved the world that he gave. But notice this. What did he give? His only son. That's what God did. He gave you the best. And many times we say we love God, but we don't give. See, the kingdom of God, again, works through your ability to do what God says. And if you say you love God, you got to prove it, not through your speech. You got to prove it through your demonstration. And giving is the way that you show God you love him and people you love them. There's no way you can say you love people and you don't give to them. You don't do things for them. 
That's how God knows and you know that this word is working in your life. And again, this is a grace of giving. Also want to say this, in this grace of giving, you got to be led by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that to you again. You got to be led by the Holy Spirit because you got a lot of current artists out here who say, well, you're a Christian. You're supposed to give to me. No, I'm supposed to give to you if I'm led by the Holy Spirit to give to you. Because if I'm just giving to you, sometimes I'm in the way of you growing up spiritually and finding out why you keep tripping and falling over certain things in God's word. So we've got to be led in everything we do. Children of God are led by the Spirit. So I think that's so important that you know as well. Because again, there are a lot of needs out here. God is not asking you to pay everybody's rent. God is not asking you to feed everybody. God is not asking you to clothe everybody. But he is, if he's leading you to a person or a family or a situation, you got to stop and pause and say, Holy Spirit, is this something you are a part of? Am I supposed to write this check out? Because if I am, you know I'll do it. Am I supposed to feed this family? Am I supposed to take care of them for a season? Because Lord, if you tell me to do it, I'm going to do it. This is why we have to pause and wait on the Holy Spirit. And the more you spend time with God, you can hear somebody talking and you'll be able to filter through the stuff that they're saying. You'll be able to tell if they're lying, if they're trying to hustle you. Because again, you've got a lot of people out here hustling, trying to get something when in fact, maybe they could just help themselves if they would stop trying to get a hand out and a hand up into the next level in God. So again, giving makes me more like God. Point number two, giving draws me closer to God. See, the more you get close to God, the more he starts touching your heart about giving. So when I begin to give, I just want to be around the Lord, want to be in his presence. That's a secret that you may not know. There are a lot of Christians who just don't want to be around God, who just don't want to pray. And you say, man, that don't make any sense. How in the world could a Christian not want to be around God? You'd be surprised about people who duck and dodge when it's time to read the word, when it's time to pray, when it's time to seek the face of God. But I'm telling you, when you start giving, it starts drawing you like a magnet to God. And he'll begin to teach you his ways. He'll begin to teach you his heart. He'll begin to teach you how he's doing things in the earth. So if you want to just move into another realm with God, ask the Holy Spirit to give you this grace of giving. And when you start giving, trust me, you will want to be around God every minute, every second that you can. Notice what the scripture says in Matthew chapter 6, 21, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Did you get that? Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. If we want to find your heart, let's look at your treasure. That's where it is. People get outside, they wash their cars over and over again. They go golfing, they go different places. They go, they spend all kind of money on material goods because that is where their treasure and heart is. And you can tell where somebody's treasure is by what they're willing to give to it. I'm telling you, it happens all the time. People are willing to give to this, that, and the other, but maybe not so willing to give to the things of God because they don't treasure God, because they don't know God, because their heart is not with God. But the scripture is true. Where your treasure is, there we will also find your heart. So let's not be confused about that. Point number three, giving is an antidote 
to materialism. The United States is very materialistic as far as I'm concerned. We really value things, houses. We can't get enough of them. Cars. We don't want just two and three cars. We want four and five and six cars and getting into debt for all of the things. We just don't want, uh, you know, five pair of pants. We want 20 pair. We just don't want two pair of Jordans. We want every pair of Jordans that come out. And so we've become a very materialistic society. But I want you to see this. Giving is an antidote to materialism. Because if we just learned how to give and help people be as we are in terms of having, in terms of uh, moving in opulence, in terms of God being able to trust us with the things that he has given us and make this playing field level, you'd have more people giving. But we have the haves and the have-nots. And seemingly, you have more have-nots than people that actually have. But if we would learn, if the world would learn how to give, and here's the thing, you got rich people, billionaires, who are afraid to give because they think they're going to run out. Now, how can that be? If you lived three lifetimes, you could never run out of a billion dollars. I mean, if you just do what you need to do. But people don't understand the way that you can receive more is through giving, not hoarding it, not burying it on the ground. Man, I'm telling you, you got millionaires and billionaires alike. They're hiding their money. And it's not all in the banks. It's in all kinds of different places. It's in safes. It's in, in their basement. It's everywhere, man, where they can hide a dollar, they will. They don't understand that giving is an antidote. It's a cure to materialism. Now, let me give you a scripture here in 1 Timothy chapter 6, 17 through 19. This is a really great passage. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put hope in wealth which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to be generous and willing to share. Did you get that? Command them to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they may take hold of the life that is truly life. You don't even know what real life is. If you don't understand that many times this money got them, they don't have it. It's controlling them. But the scripture says, command those who are rich. He didn't say that you can't be rich. He didn't say it was a sin to be rich. He's basically saying, don't let this stuff have you. Command them not to be arrogant and put hope in wealth. How many people continue to put hope in their wealth? And before it's all said and done, they don't have any money. We got to put our hope in God. And when you put your hope in God, God can trust you. And then he can give to you. If you keep praying about money and money, 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 it's because God knows he can't trust you. That's a hard pill for all of us to swallow. But when we know and understand we should put our hope in God, then he can trust us with what he gives us. Watch this. Because he knows whatever he will ask us to do, we'll do it. See, you ought to be just as happy to give than you are to receive. See, more people are more happy to receive, but they ain't happy about giving. So now we got to grow up in this area so that when it comes time for God to ask me for anything, knowing that I wouldn't have had it had he not given it to me. And that's something that we got to remember. Every solitary thing you have is because of God. 
Point number four, giving strengthens my faith. Notice, you might want to write this down. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. That's profound. I want to give that to you again. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. If you want to make a life for yourself, start giving. The law of reciprocity. What you sow is what you're going to reap. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. If you sow, you're going to reap. That's good and bad. So we've got to start sowing good things, seeds of love, seeds of encouragement, financial seeds, because we're trying to make a life. And a life that is a giving life is a life that will constantly be a life that will receive all the bountiful blessings that God has for us. Notice in Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 9, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Honor the Lord, Proverbs 3 and 9, by giving him the first part of your income and he will fill your barns to overflowing. Now, this is what God is saying. God's word ain't no hustle. This is what God promised you in his word. And if you are a reader of God's word and you believe God's word, why would a person not do this? Honor the Lord by in your giving and give to him the first part of your income. And he said, I'm going to feel even overflowing you with the good things from heaven. So we've got to trust God. Why? My strength is in my ability to have faith in what God says in his word. So if you're weak in your faith, you got to get in his word and see what he said to you. And when God says something to you, no need to run it by people. They're not on the same level. They didn't hear what you heard in prayer. They didn't hear what you heard while you were reading your Bible at your coffee table. We miss God when we take a word from the Lord and bring it down to people's level and ask them what they think. Don't do that. Now, it's one thing if you're just trying to get some biblical clarity. Even in that, make sure that you ask someone who's on a higher level than you. Maybe your pastor, your elder, maybe a mentor, maybe a mom and dad that's seasoned in the things of God because they will help you to do right in the things of God. But you just can't ask anybody this because, you know, people are carnal. They'll say, oh, the church wants your money. The preacher wants your money. This one wants your money. God don't need your money. God trying to get something to you. He's not trying to get nothing from you. But understand, he can't get anything to you if you won't sow into good ground. If you won't give of what you have. If you won't steward of what the Lord has given you. But I'm telling you, God has a way. Notice what he says here in Luke chapter 6, 38. This is a familiar passage of scripture. Give and it will be given to you. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. We all have a measure. Have you squandered your measure? Have you spent your measure? Did you eat your measure going here, this restaurant, that restaurant, this place, that place? Did you spend it buying clothes, shoes? And then when it comes time to give to the things of God, you don't have it. And I'm telling you, that's where a lot of our money is going. Just look at your check, check registry. Just look at your bank account. You, I can tell where you love by where you give your money. If you're giving your money to the things of God, you telling me that God's got your heart. 
If God can barely get anything out of you to give to the cause of Christ, then your heart is somewhere else. So we've got to ask God to help us to steward our measure, but use it for the kingdom of God and people and helping and being led by the spirit to do what is right and apropos for them. Point number five, giving is an investment for eternity. I like this one because it is so true. One of the things that I get the profound privilege to do as a pastor is preach and teach his word. And what I'm doing is making an investment and eternal investment, because this is the words of Christ that I'm preaching and teaching and imparting into the lives of the people that God has put around me. And so this is something, it's an incorruptible seed, so it will always have a harvest. So I'm making it an investment that will take people from earth into heaven, that will translate them from this terra firma into the kingdom of God. And it's a profound opportunity. The church really is the only institution that has the ability to make an investment for eternal use that will cause you to live throughout this world and never die eternally. No mall, Amazon, no app, no phone, no any material thing can help you do this. Only the house of God, only the church can make a kingdom investment. Notice what the scripture says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 18 and 19. Give happily to those in need. Not grudgingly, y'all. Give happily to those in need and always be ready to share whatever God has given you. By doing this, you will be storing up, catch this, real treasure for yourselves in heaven. It is the only safe investment for eternity. Now, that's not what you're going to hear in the world. You got people who are financial brokers, stocks, bonds, investments, and all of those things. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. But what I am saying to you is, is that it's the only real safe investment, the scripture says, when you do it God's way. That's not a safe investment. When you got stocks and bonds, you can lose money. You know why? Because I have to depend on the S&P 500. I got to depend on what the market is doing. Everything else in this world depends on a certain outcome. But here's what I love about the things of God. Not so in the kingdom. Everything is already done. Because we got a king who's rich. We got a king who sent his son and died for us so that we could have wealth and prosperity and healing and deliverance. And anything that would come up unexpected, we already have a provision for that. That's why you ought to make a greater investment in the things of God. Now, again, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the stock market. But God's word will give you a 100-fold return. You find me one stock that's going to give you a 100-fold return. It's not going to happen. So we've got to stop looking at the world and looking at God's word and what he said he would do and what and be convinced about it. See, we haven't been convinced, and that's why we don't stay with it. We get duped. We get tricked. We get hoodwinked. We get bamboozled. We get deceived quickly by the things in the world. But I want to tell you, your greatest investment, if you want your spiritual maturity to go to the next level, we got to learn how to invest in the kingdom of God 
and it will pay you over and over. It'll cause signs, wonders, miracles, blessings. It will cause people that don't like you to like you. It will cause people to hate you to pay your bills off. It will cause people who can't stand you to do something for you. They'll, they'll even say, I don't even know why I'm blessing you. But you know, because you're honoring God. And when you honor God, he will cause people that don't even like you to honor you. Now, that's a blessing you just can't refuse. So understand and realize that giving is an investment for eternity. Point number six, giving blesses me in return, obviously. But I don't want you to miss this because there's something hidden in what I said. Giving not just to do it one time. Giving means over, repeatedly, over and over and over again. You can't stop giving your time, your talent, or your treasure. So we're just not talking about money now. We're talking about time, talent, treasure. What talent do you have that you don't give to God? What thing that you know God has blessed you with that you could serve somebody free of charge? We living in this world now, man, where you can't get anything from people. They want something. They want to pay behind it. No, as you have been freely given by God, that talent that you have, God says, I'm going to send you somewhere so you can use it in a church, in a ministry, in your neighborhood, with your neighbor. Everything can't be about you and what you're going to get for what you give in terms of money or time or your talent. God is saying, I've given this to you. You didn't work for this. At birth, I gave you something. When you got filled with the Holy Ghost, I gave you something. God says, I want you to use it. And when you use it, trust me that I will repay. It's so quick, you know, to do something for somebody and then you want them to do something for you. No, that's not how this works. Do it for them and trust that God, when you're in need, he'll send somebody you don't even know to bless you. That's the power of the kingdom. See, we got too many Things in our life that hinder us from giving or hinder us from wanting to do what we know we should do. Maybe we got hurt in our heart. Maybe we've been abused through people that we helped that didn't help us. And this is why we got to ask God for wisdom. Remember I said, we need to be led when we're doing these things. Because again, you got a lot of people who will try to get things from you. But giving blesses me in return over and over again. Notice what the scripture says in Proverbs 22 and 9. A generous man himself will be blessed. Are you generous? If you are, you got a promise. It says you will be blessed. Notice what Proverbs eleven twenty five says. A generous man will prosper. He who refuses others will himself be refreshed. So notice what it says again. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes, excuse me, others will himself be refreshed. If you're looking for refreshment, if you're looking to be built up, God says, I want you to make the first move. Many times we want people to help us, but God says, I want you to take what you have and refresh someone else. And if you do, you will be refreshed. The kingdom of God is the only kingdom I know that if you step out in faith and do it, it's going to come back to you. And it never comes back the way you've given it. Give, the scripture says, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall who? Men, give unto your bosom. The word of God works. Notice what Psalms 112 and 5 says. Good will come to him 
who is generous. Did you get that? Good will come to him who is generous. Are you generous? If you're not, that's why good is not coming to you. All you got to do is change your mindset through this podcast that I'm giving you today. Just some simple, basic things. So don't take this for granted. It's simple. It's basic. But sometimes the hard thing to do is to convince that God works. He does. But you have to continue to do it. And when you do, I promise you, you won't be disappointed. And point number seven, I'm done. Giving makes me happy. For those of you, you know it's true. Anytime you have helped somebody and you blessed them, you paid their bills, you helped them in a time of need, a time of famine, maybe you took them out to eat and you didn't even know they had nothing to eat at home and they told you, and it's something about giving that makes you happy. You just bubble up over on the inside. It's nothing like it. To me, it's the greatest high in the world. Now, I've never been on drugs, but as far as I'm concerned, it's something that just reverberates in your heart over and over again. Because here's why. God used you to make something happen for somebody. He used you to do it. He could have had anybody to do it, but he used you to do it. And what I love about God, he will use people who are ready to go to the next level because he wants to take you to the next level. So I want you to look at it like this. When you're led to do something for somebody else to help them, God is saying, I'm ready to take you to the next level, but I can't do it if you won't allow me to use you to help somebody else that's in need. We miss that. We miss our promotion. And so God keeps knocking on our heart. And we don't do it. And then God's not going to keep knocking. He's going to find somebody else. So this is why we have to be attentive to the Holy Spirit when he's speaking to us about blessing someone else. God is really saying to you, I'm getting ready to answer your prayer and take you to a higher level financially, a higher level in responsibility. So that's a promotion. We miss it. And so God says, well, I was trying to knock on the doors of your heart. You wouldn't let me in. So now it was delayed. But one thing about the will of God, he'll come back around again. When he does, it is my prayer that you'll be sensitive to move when he says move, because there's some other things on the line for you when you do. And there's a halt. There's a stoppage. There's a block when you don't. So we got to be quick to move when we know the spirit of God is dealing with us. Notice what the scripture says in Acts 20, verse number 35. There is more happiness in giving than in receiving. I said that to you earlier in the show. There is more happiness in giving than it is in receiving. Proverbs eleven twenty five. This is my last verse. The people rejoiced for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. That's so good when the people can rejoice. They wasn't grudgingly. They wasn't mad, angry, like, oh, Lord, here they come asking for money again. No, God help us to be uh, spiritually mature, to understand that there's a rejoicing that happens when we can see needs met, when we can see things happen in our churches, when we can see the vision of certain things come to pass through our giving. The people rejoice for they had freely given or given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. That's what God wants from you and I today. He wants this thing to flow out of us. He wants us to be ready to respond anytime there's someone in need, provided he is leading us to do it 
We got to do it, man. This is what God wants. This is why he saved you. He saved you to serve. He saved you to be like him in the earth. We always want to know what would Jesus do? Well, I tell you what, he wouldn't be stingy. I know that. He wouldn't be hard-hearted, cold-hearted. He wouldn't keep talking about what this one did to me, and that's why I won't give. You got a right to be healed, not a right to be angry. You got a right to be whole again. You got a right to be forgiving, not unforgiving. So let's stop talking about what we have a right to be. Somebody hurt you, it's going to happen. But God says you got a right to be healed because I got ministry inside of you that I'm trying to get out of you so that you can be a blessing to somebody's life. And I believe somebody's listening to me today. God is saying to you through me that he ready to take you to the next level. But watch what the next level is. It's your giving. It's your ability to respond. Your time, talent, treasure. God says, I've given it to you. I want what I've placed inside of you. All right? Well, that's all that I had to share with you today. I pray that this was a blessing to you. It is so true that giving reveals my spiritual maturity. If this word, if this show blessed you, reach out to me by email at info at thomasadeloach.com. Do it today and let me know that this show blessed you. Go to my website right now, thomasadeloach.com. There's a subscriber tab there. I want you to put your email in there and click the send button. I'm already sending out emails and already sending out newsletters once a month. And I want you to be included in anything that I'm sending out because my aim is to empower you and help you grow in the things of God. Now, on that same website, thomasadeloach.com, I want you to scroll all all the way down to the bottom of the screen, there is a tab for you to give. If this show is blessing you, I want you to be one of my financial partners and help me to continue to keep this show to empower you, coming to you and other people. And I want to thank those that have responded uh, to helping me financially. And God has a blessing in store for you because you cannot help a man of God or a woman of God and not allow God's blessings to overtake you. But if you know know this show is blessing you. I want you today of any amount, no amount is too big or too small. Do it today. And I promise you, God will be well pleased. And finally, I want you as we're growing this podcast and it is growing, send this show to somebody else. All you got to do is email the show. Click the link and email the show to somebody else. I don't want you to be only one blessed. Give it to somebody and let the Holy Spirit work through my words. Maybe you've tried to reach people and they're just not responding to you. You'd be surprised. Send them this podcast and watch the Holy Spirit work through their heart. And they then can go to the next level just as you have. Do it today. So if you can do that for me, most certainly I'll be happy. And definitely God will be happy as well. Listen, I'm praying for you as always. And I'm believing that the best is right now for you. This is your time. Don't squander it. And know when you're going about in the world and you're sharing your faith, remember, allow God to flow through you and he will do the work and leave the results up to God. When we do this, we'll be stress-free because God has already done the work. So just let him do it through you. And trust me, it works every time. All right. God bless you. And until next time, be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info 
at thomasadeloach.com and follow me on Instagram at thomasadeloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.